0: People.
1: Peace. P, how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling I feel good. I feel new. Uh-huh. Open. How you feeling?
0: You're feeling new. I like that. I'm feeling hopeful. Hopeful? Yeah, I'm feeling hopeful. I like that. Got a lot to be hopeful about. And if you've ever experienced hopelessness, I was just about to say. You know how beautiful hope is.
1: Hope is a beautiful feeling to have.
0: Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga.
1: With Kariga and Felicia.
0: And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes. Yes. What a beautiful day. Yeah, man. I was uh, in regard to like today and mm-hmm. what today brings and the dynamics, the inner thoughts. I resolve around hope. Hmm. I can't even tell you last time I, I discussed hope. right? Hey. It feels like other virtues were tested. Faith was tested. A journey to find joy or just like a zeal for like living in that intention. It took a long time to get to this place.
1: Mm.
0: So somewhere on this journey, hope enters the chat. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 a trip for me to even say it out loud.
1: It is. I, I remember that being our mantra, if you would, once we like finished at Hampton and and started the creative process of his words, her melodies, mm-hmm. a lot of your work, right? Surrender, mm-hmm. um, the book, the the ethnography, mm-hmm. the documentary, all wow. is like centered around. This intersection of hope and hopelessness with his students. And wow, this would be like our point of conversation for years. Mm -hmm. This is where we stood.
0: Even into the Peace King collection. Yes. Right. That was the birth of the song Hope Dealer.
1: That's right. It was actually a whole song.
0: And I haven't returned to that frame of work in what feels like a lifetime.
1: Mm. When do you feel like you, you left it?
0: 2019 for sure.
1: 2019 for sure. Because I I know that you were tested on your theory, and the relationship between the two in 2014.
0: Mhm. Mhm. At the uh the passing of Kareem, right. my big brother. Right. Right. And Hope Dilla comes after that.
1: Mhm. It does. Does it, it?
0: It comes after that.
1: No way. No, hope no, dealer came. Of, it's, it's part it it was a part of that work. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was before created it was beforehand. finished. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right on. But look, the the construct of hope as I once knew it, um, it was never a romantic hope. It was always a critical hope, right? And mm-hmm. it, um, like in my journey, I would learn that, like. The greatest threat to love is not hate. The greatest mm. threat to love is hopelessness. Mm. It leaves no room for agency, it leaves no room for possibility. But let me tell y'all what brings me to this conversation of hope. Okay. We have just celebrated the one-year anniversary of the Men's Wellness Fellowship in Oakland. Hey. You did. The Men's Wellness Fellowship in Oakland. Hey. just how we roll no but look the one year anniversary of the Men's Wellness Fellowship in Oakland and Mm -hmm. the Men's Wellness Fellowship is exactly what you hear a place for men to fellowship we co-investigate feelings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we learn new articulation we have the privilege of doing this together nothing feels better than like having that investment of other brothers in this work And the Men's Wellness Fellowship came to be because in 2019, when we experienced the double transition of Kamayu, I was positioned in a way where I had to respond to the needs of my family. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. So I withdrew from my work at the school, Rose and Concrete, and my family was my full-time work. And part of my full-time work in my family was caring for the needs of you, Attending to our grief, attending to your body and the doctor's appointments and and all the things that it took. And therapy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so some of you may know that our church, The Way Berkeley, sponsored our first year of therapy with a therapist who did not attend the church. Let's let's make some delineation here. The therapist did not attend the church. The therapist was on retainer. Mm-hmm. from the church. Mm-hmm. So it even left you that level of privacy and discretion.
1: Yeah.
0: And then after that year of therapy, we've continued ever since. In this time that I've been in therapy, I've been able to process many realities. One of that being in all the grief support groups I went to with you, there were no men. That's right. And I saw a black woman in this space And it doesn't say that she has to have a black partner. And I saw other women in the space who may have had a black partner. We don't know, but there were no men there and there were no black men there. Mm -hmm. But it made me think like, where are they and how are they holding this? Mm. Because there has to be a partnership. Where are they and how are they holding this? Curiosity one. And then I remember a time in the therapy journey when our nephew Zadik was coming downstairs Right. And my Mm -hmm. big brother waved him off and told him that we were in a meeting. And I later had the courage to ask my brother, was there a reason you said meeting and not therapy? I remember that. And he just looked at me and I so courageously said, hey, it's okay with us if it's okay with you to let him know we're in therapy, because I want him to see his cool auntie and his cool uncle who (laughs) love each other so much participating in therapy as a practice of a healthy relationship, yes. not a failing one. Mm-hmm. So that was a inclination for me, again, concerning men and their wellness. And then there was just the context of what was happening around us, right? The uprisings as they call them. I think that's so unique. They call them uprising. That's like a cute thing, right? <laughs> like they not even really, now for real. Like America has not seen the uprising, that it is due.
1: That it is due.
0: It hasn't seen it. That it deserves. Yeah. What it saw was sprinkles of unrest. Right. But what I saw was my people hurting. So it had nothing to do with the uprising. It had more to do with the visible condition of my people. Mm -hmm. The massive grief we were experiencing with no language for it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that began my curiosity for the Men's Wellness Fellowship. Right. Right. And I I love the story of how it comes to be because it's as important as it arriving at one year. But in in the early, what they call that, the fourth trimester, and we just have to pause and investigate that too because I know that tri means three. And this whole (laughs) thing about a fourth (laughs) trimester (laughs) blows my mind every time. Just four quarters. Or call it four quarters in overtime, whatever it is, double overtime. Four trimesters, but in that time, when your arrest was critically important, I would take Kamali on walks. And the halfway point on our walk was about a mile and a half in, and we would be at, uh, on Lakeshore mm-hmm. in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And we walked by this yellow sneaker store, this boutique called Studios. And the whole store was yellow and it had really large windows in the front. And Kamali was always curious about this space, so it made perfect sense for a pit stop. Mm-hmm. This pit stop happened every day for months. And I would speak with the owner of the store, Christian. And Christian and I would have conversation after conversation after conversation, starting with shoe releases and drops. And if they got my size and she was also really cool, Christian like, is super cool. He is
1: cool is unmatched. This brother is always looking cool. So I could totally like I can understand why Kamali needed to stop in this store. (laughs) She was probably trying to see when there was going to be some toddler drops. Like
0: she likes cool things. too. (laughs) So Christian and I would talk every day fee. And the conversations grew in a closeness Mm -hmm. and more less about the shoes and more about how you doing today. What's going on? How you feeling? After like two and a half months of this bond, (laughs) I left the store. Got about 400 meters of the way and I turned around to ask him, has he ever thought about opening the store for more brothers to do what he and I do every day? Wow. And he literally said to me, I've been thinking about this, but don't know how to hold it myself. I said, let's do it. And that began the men's wellness fellowship.
1: Wow. And we started
0: with about 15 brothers and it felt amazing inside of this small boutique on Lakeshore.
1: That's also, barber shop.
0: that's also a barbershop. That's yeah.
1: also a barbershop,
0: right? And then 25 brothers come. When, you know, you get like 30 something, you feeling like, oh, it's packed in here. <laughs> so that's when we call in, when we get to those numbers, I call in Dr. Italo Brown, right? Who is a ER physician at Stanford. Yeah. But he's from South Sacramento. And we know each other from high school. Mm-hmm. Called to my friend who's a doctor to have a conversation around wellness and let people ask questions that they would want to ask when they feel they're seen as human. Because distrust in medical field is so large. You don't ask all the questions you have in your mind. You don't know what the answer is going to be and you don't know how they're going to perceive you. Wow. So when we were able to watch black men ask questions about health and we started to be even talking about like early screening and early detection and it was so powerful because we had real life examples, right? I think Virgil Abloh was right around that time. We had Chadwick Bozeman. So we had these examples of men in front of us who were otherwise young and perceived healthy. Right. And when we got to that conversation around early screening, it was so dope to watch each of us be disarmed and consider that information. Mm. So we continue. Twelve months down the road, Christian and I continue to hold this space In January, we had to relocate because the store was relocating. Mm -hmm. And then we found community space at another venue and held men's wellness fellowships there. But here's where hope comes in. We are invited to hold space in the Dr. Huey P. Newton Foundation building, downtown Oakland. Mm. And we do the vision walk. Christian and I, mm-hmm. and it's a much larger space, mm. but we never even questioned like, what would be the outcome? or What would it feel like? But our very first time in that building, we had about 90 something brothers show up
1: That's and we were wow. like, yo,
0: this is crazy. <laughs> so for our one year anniversary, we were intentional about getting the word out. Yeah. Every festival I performed at, I talked about the Men's Wellness Fellowship. Every concert that I performed at, I talked about the Men's Wellness Fellowship.
1: And I love that. That's one of my favorite parts about this story
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, well, one, the historical context that you provided of how it began, right? Like mm-hmm. I did not have all of that information because of how it. you told the story. I was actually at home resting. <laughs> so I missed how, I missed the connection between. You and Christian, right? Like uh-huh. I know that we have seen him in other spaces in Oakland, um, but I didn't realize like how it began.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of my favorite pieces, again, as I'm saying about this story, is when we have had shows and we've had to be at different festivals in Oakland. And Oakland has some of the dopest festivals. And I, I love that Oakland always has a community space. And people really show up for this and you have an opportunity to engage with artists in the community. And um, you get to learn about all different types of creatives in these spaces. And Kariga is not an unknown name in Oakland. He is very much present, um, especially at soul development as well in these festival spaces. But I love it because like after he spits, people are incredibly enamored with what he is talking about in his music. Black men are enamored. I can see that they have connected with him in a way that like they have found the words, mm-hmm. the articulation. Like you have these feelings. You, like we, we talked about this earlier today. No, it was last night where I was sharing with you that I have had feelings that I recognize but have not quite named. Mm-hmm. And I see this happening with black men in the audience every time Karika performs. And I love wow. that wow. he gets to have that point of connection with black men in such a creative space. And I love when he announces the men's wellness fellowship, because I already know. I'm like, I already knew. I'm like, that shit is finna be packed. Like, <laughs> it's finna be packed because you just vetted yourself. In my opinion, like, I feel like, okay, this is what you're talking about. I'm gonna come
0: see about it. Wow. So this is beautiful because I can't see myself, mm-hmm. right? I'm in myself, but I have no vantage point on what other people are experiencing. So I'm moving truly in spirit, but not aware of what it looks or feels like, except when I love the moment when I see a brother get disarmed from me being a performer into me being a messenger and something that they experience in a note saying, or a a bar spit shows them themselves.
1: It is my favorite experience with you. I'm sorry. I just want to note, like one of the very first times that I experienced this and I'm gonna let you finish. I'm sorry. I no, no, had to cut you, but literally this was, I don't even remember the year. I guess it was, it was definitely after 2014 or it might've been like right before we were doing a music festival in Philly. I believe it was like the Lincoln Park. In music. Jersey. We was in Jersey. Was it Jersey? Yeah. My bad. The Lincoln Park Music Festival. And it was myself, Kariga, and Brittany Tanner.
0: We was in Newark, New Jersey.
1: And we're on the stage. And this is a different festival, right? Kariga is not from Jersey. He's not from this side of the world, even, <laughs> you know, but um we've engaged in service in a way like that, you know, people may know us from our service and community. But either way, this was an entirely different space, okay? First time for me. Y'all know Newark,
0: New Jersey. Y'all I don't know, know nothing y'all, about y'all, that junk except on. for... Come on. Brick ain't, City ain't is for real. from there? Uh, I don't want to misquote.
1: Okay. Somebody correct us on that if, if that's not true. But...
0: But Newark is really like that.
1: And I'll never forget being on stage and it being loud in this audience, y'all. Because this is a community festival. It's happening in the daytime. So many things happening. And Never Change is the record that we open up with. It starts with Kariga's verse. The music has so much funk behind it. It is, you can hear the, the, the breath of James Brown even on this record. It's black, all right? That's the first thing. It feels incredibly black. Second thing, Kariga says, what happened to a king? What happens to a king when he goes back to that nigga in him? Or the redeemed want to go back to that sinner in him? Mm-hmm. And I am watching Black men stop, put down their cigarettes, whatever it is that they're engaged with, stop their conversations. And I see them like in the same breath as Riga as he's spitting it. And it's, it is one of the most Ooh. beautiful experiences I have ever witnessed about his, his art. Because I think you so beautifully humanize a black experience around a black man in this country that is has tried to strip them of their beauty
0: certainly so the very humanity
1: it's what like i said man it's one of my favorite experiences to witness i love to see black men just like
0: That's relax <laughs> say that say yeah. that so the uh wow-fee sorry no no it, it's not sorry <laughs> i love that moment it makes me remember the power of the story mm-hmm. i tell them all the time the music is not just music these are stories that we cannot afford yes. to forget yes. and that's how we deliver it like that yes. well all that being said i can't just leave this song i'm a practitioner mm-hmm. so i invite you into the men's wellness fellowship for an in-depth conversation an introspective look um right it's y'all know uh the amazing Clarks on the Black Love Podcast Network, I right? They have to know them. Okay. So <laughs> my dog, Anthony, said to me in a conversation, if you don't learn to go within, you're going to go without. Okay. Those words lasted with me and I offered to black men as the reason why we go inward. Mm. So soul affirmations is the tool of reference for this particular um, time of study but we use this work and we go inward. But I wanted to bring in another element for this one year celebration, right? So you guys might remember an earlier episode of Soul Affirmations when we featured a conversation with Rex Life Raj around an album called The Blue Hour, which takes a snapshot and investigation at grief like I've never heard. So it's, it's, it's the timeliness of how he wrote it speaks to what it means. So I brought Rex life in for an artist conversation because I wanted to talk about the role of art and wellness. Mm. And it isn't only your therapist, but there is work that you can do for yourself around mm. yourself to create the habits of mind and the, and the, and the practices for sustained wellness. So I brought in Rex life Raj for a conversation and we discussed the blue hour, which made room for grief, which made room for feelings. Right. And it was, it was, breathtaking the way the music was just cued and the room was just organic and we had (laughs) catering from Kanye, Oakland, right? We had all these amazing things happening, but these brothers showed up self-selected and we had well over a hundred plus men. Wow. So much so that they were standing outside the door on the street at the glass and we had to invite them in. Wow. The room was at capacity for wellness as a genre. For wellness as a practice, all starting from like understanding that black love for me, it is not just our romantic relationships.
1: Mm.
0: Black love is inclusive of all black people. Yes, even the ones who challenge you. And I say it this: <sighs> until you've experienced the challenge of loving black people, you never truly tried to love black people. Mm. It isn't a perfect uh, romanticism. It it requires challenge and reshaping of values. And in conversations and disagreements.
1: Yes. But my Because favorite, of the complexities of the lived black experience. We on. know it is so vastly different. It differs by region. It differs by neighborhood. It differs by whether or not your parents are there. It differs by who your grandparents are. It differs by your school. There's what you
0: own, what you don't own. Oh, your parents so, level of education. So, like, you ever wonder why they ask you on surveys, what's your parents level of education? They're not even asking about yours.
1: Exactly. And I think it, that's important to name because it's not challenging to love Black people. It's just there are so many challenges that um, are circ- the circumstances of the lived Black experience. It's not the people. It is the circumstances by which we have been placed in in this country mm-hmm. since being brought here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love that you say that because that is challenging. Yeah. It's challenging to love someone who has experienced trauma.
0: Of any sort.
1: Of any sort.
0: It is challenging when their lived experiences, their truth as they know it. And that's where the Men's Wellness Fellowship comes in, because I love how diverse the room is. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I'm sure.
0: And from how many different cities brothers come. And we got, you know, we got the city. We got Hunter's Point, right? We got, um, you got people coming in from East Oakland, West Oakland got people coming in from Richmond. You got people coming in from Sacramento. People drove two and a half hours to come to this Men's Wellness Fellowship. Wow. It blew my mind. But it makes me remember that when we create the conditions, Mm -hmm. we are capable of doing the work, right? We just need the conditions. And since we understand that uh, there is not a general public consensus in the investment in the well-being yeah. of black men, then it becomes our responsibility and our work.
1: And I love that you said the conditions, like not just like having a space available, but we also understand the necessity of feeling like you belong somewhere yep. and feeling like you are connected to a space. And I I say that because the men that you may have been looking for in the rooms that we were in regarding our grief. Around neonatal loss, may not have seen themselves as reflected in that space, right? Yeah. And and rightfully so, I could understand that. Like,
0: why would I want to show up to be the stranger in the room, right? I need a room that makes me feel welcome without me having to yes. ask for it. Yes. A room that understands me. A room that is designed to include me. Mm. A room that is designed to include me. Right. And we all know what that feels like, Mm. even when we don't have the words to say, this is what I need in order to be open. Mm. But this Men's Wellness Fellowship is also happening in the ethos and the design of hip hop.
1: Yeah. Right. Yes.
0: Because every (laughs) every social movement has a soundtrack. Okay. Social movements have soundtracks. And because I understand that, because I studied sociology for all those years, (laughs) no, it was really embedded in me. Right. Because I heard this from a a person who wasn't even a participant in music. Right. I heard this from Steve Rosenthal was my professor's name. Okay, And it was just. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he was. And when I learned that and I was a participant at the time and I was watching what my poetry and my music was doing on campus. Yeah. It wasn't just a theory. It was true to me. Um, Look at the civil rights movement and all the artists that were in joined in that right but then also looking at reggae music and it's shaping in so for me it was like real time processing to see if this was true and since i knew it was true that remained my pulse my pen and why i deliver the way oh, i do I love that. well here's what we happen though it is the 50th anniversary of hip hop right and we've seen 50 rappers die our pillars mm. right some well before their 50th birthday, mm-hmm. some just in the beginning of 50s. These are pillars. Mm-hmm. We're watching them die from health-related complications or substance use and abuse or and those are all just symptoms of something else we're holding,
1: mm-hmm. right? That's
0: what we all do. So I saw that happen. And then we're watching our young rappers go, right? From intercommunal violence. Mm-hmm. And this happened all around me. And I'm like to myself, like, hip-hop deserves to grow old. We actually want to be old enough to reap the benefits for our catalogs to mature, mm-hmm. for our for our royalties to do something to hand down. We want to be around uh, to see it. We don't yes. want this to have to happen in our absence. And prior to our residency at the Kennedy Center, I had been evaluating like my, my catalog of music. What, what is this new body of work I want to work on? Mm-hmm. And that's where I got in wellness is the new genre. Mm. So that's a, that's a particular ode to hip hop because I believe that we get to predetermine our genres. Mm-hmm. It's not somebody from the outside who tells us what the genre is. Right. And since we've seen so much genre bending as a participant <laughs> in hip hop, as somebody who comes from the movement, I have the responsibility and ability, responsibility, ability to respond. So I take it upon myself to say, we want to be well. Because I see evidence of it, right? I see evidence of it by the hundreds of brothers who show up. We got a DJ every session, right? Spinning the tunes. Meet your needs, meet your neighbor, right? (laughs) The food is out there. Let's talk. Let's connect. Meet your
1: needs, meet your neighbor. I've never been to one, so (laughs) I'm
0: (laughs) hearing about it like this is dope. (laughs) Well, it's just my it's my belief that I can't give you anything until your needs are met, Mm. and since it requires such emotional vulnerability get your needs met. I love that. But this is, this is true to the practice and the essence of hip hop. It's old. It's my desire that we grow old and we want to be well. So the Men's Wellness Fellowship growing to the numbers it has and the reach it has and the meaning that it has gives me hope. And it gives me hope because I see brothers doing the work for themselves despite the condition that we've been subjected to. Despite the years of prison they serve, despite the harm they experience at the hands of an adult, a trusted loved one, um, somebody close to them, a brother, despite all these conditions of hurt that we've been subjected to, I'm watching them show up to do the work regularly with mm-hmm. repetition and investment. Mm-hmm. And that is the critical hope I live by. It's not some pie in the sky. It has to be real and, and pressure tested. Mm-hmm. And because I see a show up like this, it gives me hope. I love that,
1: nigga. If I had a glass of champagne, I'd cheers you right now. Cheers mm-hmm. to one year of doing this revolutionary work, this much needed work.
0: Cheers to the community that appreciates it and shows up for it. Cheers to the the, the, the brothers who spread the word and Come bring on. another brother. Cheers to each of us peeling back layers of hardened yes. conditions yes. to expose our true humanity. Yes. Um, cheers cheers to, to the
1: brother that showed up in a space like this for the very first time. Yeah. And it was unknown to him.
0: Shout out to you. Uh, shout out to my co-founder, Christian yeah. Walker, who is just uh, an integral part. I'll say this too. Uh, one of the things that makes the men's wellness fellowship so successful is that Christian and I are so different. I love
1: that. I love
0: that about y'all. And because difference doesn't mean deficit. Come on. Our reach we is amazing room. together. So the room looks like and feels like the bay.
1: Yeah.
0: The old bay, the new bay, the the, the tech, right? Mm-hmm. The ones who grew up in, in, in the lower bottoms, right? Ones who grew up in Acorn projects. It's all of us mm-hmm. in this room co-investigating. And one of my favorite things is when I'm able to pull in for reference. Because we come here for reference.
1: That's why we're here.
0: So when I'm able to pull in for reference that not only are we investigating our feelings, but let me tell you. What a grieving mother has had to say around some of the things we're feeling. And when I read this affirmation to the room, <laughs> hey, listen to me. They They pulled up. They tried to get their hands on the book. Did they? Yeah. I read from page 56 of Felicia's text. Soul affirmations, a toolkit for mothers who are investigating grief's process. Right. Page 56. This is a bar. When we share our stories and are open about our feelings, we create room for compassion and connectedness. We create room for reference. We create room for love. Mm hmm. It's unique Mm -hmm. where grief can take you. Right.
1: Thank you, you, Riga.
0: Thank you, Fee.
1: Thank you for showing up for these Black men the way that you are, creating room for reference, creating the conditions that feel like they belong.
0: Thank you, Kamayu. Thank you, Kamayu. Thank you, (laughs) Kareem. They ushered me into this work.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So that I might dare to create the conditions that I want my children to inherit. Mm -hmm. My daughters. My sons, what is the world? What is the what is the imprint of the world that I'm serving that they can say, "Yo, at least he did something about it. Mm. So this is my long term work. Yes. So one year to 2032. May we all love more abundantly. Yes. Peace. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmation with Felicia and Kariga. Is actually with Kariga and Felicia and most importantly you the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network massive love to our executive producers Cody and Tommy Oliver mm-hmm. our producer Crystal Hill
1: mm-hmm. and I'd also like to say massive love to Kamali who left the breadcrumbs on the table
0: for sure <laughs> be sure to share this episode uh, to like to leave ble- a review leave a review
1: leave a star
0: Put this word, put Make this word out to the people. Five, she said five. <laughs>
1: Make it five. I got
0: five on it. You know we record in Oakland, so <laughs> but yeah, share this with somebody, man, because uh, light travels faster than the speed of sound. Mm. Peace.
1: Peace.